Hi everyone, Future Nick here. We finally invested in some excellent new mics for the podcast, which I hope you all appreciate. Unfortunately, past Nick still hasn't got to grips with modern technology and stupidly left his phone on the desk during the record. So, you may hear a little bit of audio static throughout. I've tried to mitigate as much as possible, but I hope that doesn't spoil the pod too much. If you feel like venting your anger at the foolishness of past Nick, feel free to tweet him using the hashtag #PastNickIsATool. Don't be too mean though, because he's a delicate little flower. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. And all without saying, es hört doch nur jeder, was er versteht. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com and I'm joined by my co-host Simon Maddox. How are you, Simon? I'm doing alright, thanks mate. Very, very nice uh, little introduction there. Yeah, things are ticking along, things ticking along. How about your good self? Are you alright? I'm in just constant DIY mode, same as last week. Mm. Now, I'm, now I'm painting more stuff. I just love painting. Ooh. I feel like I could be employed as a painter. I feel like I've, I've exhausted the topic of DIY to a point of total extreme. <laughs> so all, all you need to know is I'm basically spending most of my days covered in paint and then going back the next day and discovering the bits that I missed because it was too dark to see. So that's that's a little <laughs> bit annoying. But uh, we did the move on Saturday. That was, okay. I don't think any move is totally painless, but the company we hired to help were fantastic there was loads of them and we got it done pretty quickly but as you know now have like a few weeks of just living out of boxes working out where the forks Mm. are where did i put this thing (laughs) discovering that they put the thing that we needed in the basement that kind of stuff so it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle it's slowly coming together well at least now there's culpability on other people's shoulders anything that goes wrong be like oh the bloody movers that's that's quite nice and of course the downside of having to paint your old apartment is that there is zero variety everything is white there is there's no joy in the, in the in the van device <laughs> it's monotonous and and because the house is quite or the old house is quite dark it's hard to see the bits you've missed mm. unless you turn up at a certain point in the day so and then it's on working and then painting okay. and then coming home and crying <laughs> going to sleep wake <laughs> up repeat i feel like i want to complain about it and i feel like we've had that conversation about oh god you have to paint the, the flat when you leave and i remember distinctly saying it was a good thing then so i don't want to be a hypocrite to say it's terrible but <laughs> i think it's the, the the truth of it is once you're in the middle of it you're like why is this a thing why did why does this yeah. a contract but yeah it needs to be done i get it i get it and considering the state that the people who lived in the new house left this house in i'm determined to make sure there's no cobwebs make sure everything's done properly uh, to high standard at least if we're just to get the deposit back i mean this of course is the motivation and there is that uh, that trophy where you can get a full deposit back that is that's a really a special feeling my painting even got deemed ausgezeichnet that was my my crowning moment made all those hours worthwhile so hopefully you can feel that same joy in the handover i feel if anyone just says it's all right that would be enough for me but <laughs> i have a feeling no one's going to comment like it's one of those things like an old schooly german approach of this is what is required and you did what was required so there's no mm-hmm. need for a, a well done or a pat on the back so maybe i'll just take a quiet moment and pat myself on the back and say well done well that that is it that is the pat on the back yeah yeah <laughs> the absence of negative feedback yeah oh god it's a bit dark isn't it but <laughs> that's the way it is welcome to the show <laughs> yeah welcome to the show it's depressing as fuck 
joke here. Now, what, so what have you been doing? Cheer me up. Tell me something exciting that you've been doing because so, my life's bloody monotonous at the moment. Yeah, I mean, my life's also been pretty monotonous. Like, we're still like still living very much in that sort of corona, lockdown kind of vibes. But yeah, we've been taking advantage of the garden and enjoying all that. We're bordering on plum season, which Ooh. I'm a little bit concerned about because we have at least two and a half plum trees and they're all bearing a lot of fruit. I'm going to be sick of plums by the end of this coming month I think but yeah it's, it's time to learn some new recipes and make jam I guess when we got so many plums it's, it's just it's rude and I say two and a half because it transpires that one of our trees is like a splice uh, that the previous owners did where they like integrated a branch of another tree into our plum tree so we have some like weird Turkish plum that no one really seems to know what some it is some kind of but... genetic freak <laughs> yeah maybe we'll find out there's some like super rocky uh <laughs> derivative plum for like some hardcore alcoholic beverage and i have to buy a still uh, and go full redneck i'm down that, that was what I, was I was instantly thinking oh you can make some like flaumen duchy or something you know, make some nice cakes and stuff and mm-hmm. then i was like yay just make alcohol with it bucket of plums a few bottles of vodka bada bing <laughs> I, I'm leaning in that direction, I have to say. It, it feels like the easiest way to dispel of like two kilos of fruit, whereas I don't know many plum cake recipes, but I don't imagine any of them call for more than three or 400 grams of plum. Mm. So yeah, I think alcohol is going to be saviour. Christmas presents sorted, though, eh? Give that to people, they sorted, you know? You don't need to worry about giving Christmas presents to anyone. Just give them all, like, some home... Exactly. We just need to invest in some decent bottles and some, like, nice tape for the top yeah, of them, and bang! There you go. Homemade Christmas present. You are welcome. You need to you need to come up with a brand name. Plummatics. <laughs> Plummatics is pretty good, but if anyone does have a suggestion for my plum brandy line, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> reach out to us at Decades From Home. Yeah, that might be the, f- the first bit of merch that we're selling. Decades Decades from plums. I don't know. Decades from plums. <laughs> plums of the decade. Who knows? Mm, that sounds a bit too, a bit too rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as soon as you start discussing plums, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna end up with a definitely testicle-based jokes, aren't you? That's kind of how it works. Uh, does it go the other way? A flaumen testicles in German. I know Aya are. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've never been able to eat eggs in the same way. <laughs> It's like a lot of these words in German that you find because it's like I've, I've talked about like Schlanger as well. It can be mm. like Q, but it's also snake and penis. And I'm never entirely sure if I'm using that word correctly. <laughs> like I say it very tentatively because you, you don't want to be inadvertently like making some double entendre. It's all right if you mean it. Yeah, it's definitely a minefield. I mean, I, I got reprimanded by my wife on one. Well, not reprimanded. She made me aware of what I was doing. Because obviously one of the words you pick up when you are living in Germany is the word geil. Yeah, yeah. And when you learn it, you learn it as cool. Everything is geil. So yeah, my wife showed me a picture on her phone of our nephews. And I was like, boy, yeah, is he, why does he say geil? And she's like, you cannot say that about children. No, no, no. You can't, you can't say geil when it This comes is what geil really oh. means and what everyone understands it as. And I was like, oh, oh. So yeah, I'm pleased I didn't do that in public. Or, like at the beach, foot fighting geil again. Yeah. Boy, that could have been oh, problematic. No. <laughs> Oh, bad. Suddenly no. not living in Germany anymore. Got a friend who is, yeah, she, I've known her for, yeah, really long time. And she was trying to convince me almost like a decade ago that the word porno was the now the new cool word in German for <laughs> like cool. And I was just like, it's not though, is it? And she's like, no, it is. And every time I bring it up with her, she's sort of got this look on her face like, yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> the word that i thought it was going to be but yeah you know the trend doesn't catch on i mean it, i can imagine that working a little bit better in like hamburg or yeah, berlin yeah, yeah. but like 
Augsburg. Yeah, can't, nah. see it. can't see it. Happen. <laughs> Pabst, there's a better chance. Oh, that's what they're pabst. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. I, I sort of end up just relying on 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 sort of the basics as much as possible for fear that I'm going to say something horrifically incorrect. I mean, the one that I still avoid talking about is temperature because even after all these years, I'm never particularly comfortable. Is it? It's been heiß and it's been warm. I don't know. So oh, well, just... it's it's mir ist heiß, isn't it? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> mir ist heiß. Yeah. I've made that mistake yeah. more than once, sadly. No. And also, obviously, for mir ist kalt as well, because if you say ich bin kalt, it means I am frigid. No. Which is, I mean, that's definitely better than saying perhaps like ich bin heiß, which is like, look at yeah. me, baby, I'm hot. Just be careful with your German, you know? You don't want to <laughs> go off half cocked. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> that was intentional i'm doing it on purpose august is slowly coming to an end and the feeling in the airs of summer is over all too quickly with not much of a summer to really report on either we've enjoyed a few sunny warm days here down in bayern but it's a far cry from the summer that many people needed after such a shitty year and a half i guess we should count ourselves lucky that summer in germany horrific floods aside has, for the most part, been angonim. I'm not good with anything above 30 degrees. Actually, that's not true. I'm not good with anything above 25 degrees, truth <laughs> be told. But that's clear. I am English. In fact, I think it's the northern genetics that does it for me. Mm. I'm capable of dealing with those raging temperatures, but like a good stew, I need to be warmed slowly to avoid bubbling over. Going from 15 <laughs> degrees one day to 35 a week later is a recipe for me to unleash torrents of sweat and flustered grunts. Luckily for me, my fan has been left pretty much idle this summer, and for that, I am thankful. I think this really is the problem, isn't it? It's those those German mm -hmm. spikes that seem to occur in the weather where you go from a, t a pleasant temperature to suddenly blazing scorching and yeah my, my genetics don't allow that i think after 10 years though I, f I feel like i've adapted better my gauge is kind of wear jeans in 30 degree weather because i hate wearing shorts mm. wearing shorts i always feel like i'm a child like i feel like it's child clothing <laughs> whenever i see other adult men wearing shorts i'm like you look like a child like you look like a little I kid going off to prep school you know literally said this to my wife the other day and that was my problem that like at school the, the young boys wore, mm -hmm. wore shorts and the big boys wore trousers. So yeah, definitely get that vibe. Uh, I'm also very thankful that I'm not living in Portland, Oregon this year, which has seen deadly heat waves killing over 500 in Oregon, Washington State, Idaho, and Canada. We experienced some absolute scorches while we lived there, topping mm. 40 degrees Celsius. And that, like this year, was paired with humongous forest fires all down the West Coast, which exacerbated the situation by making it impossible to go outside into fresh air. There was none. This has, of course, not only been the fate of the West Coast, there have also been huge forest fires in Europe this year. Wildfires raging through the Balkans, Italy and the southeastern Mediterranean have already eclipsed yearly averages. It's been an end of days kind of vibe this summer. So there's a part of me that welcomes the dawning of autumn. Big fan of jumpers and not sweating the entire time. The, the thing I've been thinking about is I, I look better in layers. I'm a big guy. <laughs> That's all I think about. It's like I'd be look, I'd look better if I just had a jacket. I just imagine peeling you. <laughs> I'm like an onion, guys. Do you know the thing that I don't that, that I miss constantly is pockets. I've got my phone, my keys, my wallet, a mask, uh, my vape, my vape juice, which is in a ridiculously large bottle, right? And so, like carrying all them in a pair of jeans is just ridiculous. And like jeans have fallen down because they're just bulked over. I'm just like, I wish I had some pockets. And I'm not confident enough to have a bum bag, <laughs> one of those like little fancy sort of strap bags that you see see the kids wearing. The drug dealer pouch. That's all I. Yeah, I yeah, the ones that clearly look yeah. like you're a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I 
can't wear those. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get a backpack. And then that just seems like overkill for the amount of stuff that I'd be carrying. In it. Yeah, so I sort of miss pockets. That's what I kind of look forward to in the winter. It's like, oh, I get pockets to put all my stuff in, you know? That's, and, I, and I know I know that's a bit of a gendered moan because I know that plen- <laughs> plen- plenty of women have like pairs of jeans that have fake pockets in them, yeah. which I'd rather have like some pockets than fake pockets. But I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to temperatures cooling down a bit. I always feel I'm built for cold weather. Yeah, I, I think we both are, if we're honest with ourselves. Like, you can just look at us and, and tell that we're, we're from a cold place. <laughs> But I mean, you come from the only place in the UK where you have to like be told to put on a jumper when it's cold by the news. Yeah, exactly. In, I mean, Scotland was the same. You would end up with really cold temperatures and you're still mm. knocking about in a t-shirt. So I think they did a study and it is much easier mm-hmm. to get warm when you're cold than it is to be to cool down when you're hot. Uh, that totally makes logical sense to us. Um, as much as I have enjoyed it, the hot days that we've had, I am definitely looking forward to things cooling down, moving towards the sort of beginning of autumn. It's the best season for me. Best season's autumn. I, I love it dearly. Cold but crisp and sunny. I recently took advantage of a, a good sale on rain jackets. So I've got myself a new rain jacket for the season. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to traipsing through the woods when it's pissing down. Feel alive. I do like a nice mm. jacket. A nice jacket. That's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like the ja- jacket cast. <laughs> Launch day for this here episode. Number 37 is August the 28th. Any super devoted German culture types will know what that means. It's Goethe's birthday. Do, do we sing happy birthday? Is it happy birthday, Johan? Happy birthday, Johan. Happy birthday there, Johan, <laughs> indeed. As a podcast that focuses on Germanness, uh, we have naturally mentioned Goethe before. It's kind of impossible to learn about German culture without Goethe being thrust into proceedings. England has Shakespeare as the writer who shaped our language and culture more than any other. Germany has Goethe or Schiller, both men being regarded as eternal mm-hmm. greats. Schiller's birthday comes around in November, so more on him later. For today, it's Goethe's party, and all the blues have his name on. Goethe was an utter polymath. A poet, playwright, novelist, scientist, statesman, theatre director and critic. In the literary culture of German-speaking countries, he has had such a dominant position that, since the end of the 18th century, his writings have been described as classical. In a European perspective, he appears as the central and unsurpassed representative of the Romantic movement. He could be said to stand in the same relation to the culture of the era that began with the Enlightenment and continues to the present day, as William Shakespeare does the culture of the Renaissance and Dante to the culture of the High Middle Ages. His arguable most famous work, Faust, is also Europe's greatest long poem since John Milton's Paradise Lost if not since Dante's The Divine Comedy. Quick synopsis of Goethe's most famous work, to put it succinctly as possible, is a story about our man Faust, who is highly successful yet dissatisfied with his life, which leads him to make a pact with the devil at a crossroads, exchanging his soul for unlimited knowledge and worldly pleasure. Ooh, then worldly pleasures. That's what gets you in the end, no? I don't want to be a spoiler, <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't go well for him. <laughs> Turns out making deals with the devil doesn't really go so well. Who'd have thought it? It's not just... Faust that he's no. famous for one of his other other really famous works was The Sorrows of Young Werther which is I mean I find the romantic period and the romantic writers a little bit difficult to deal with because they all seem like soppy twats 
uh, that, let's be perfectly honest and that's that's a very modern assessment of the works of some of the greatest writers of, our, of, of any any generation but yeah i mean they do seem a little bit sobby and the sorrows of young verta is is a story about a young man's extreme response to unrequited love so extremely he ends up killing himself the story's interesting because it, it basically skyrocketed goethe's career into this super celebrity he was an unknown author up until that point and then suddenly he's he's become this great celebrated author uh, almost overnight he was very popular during that era one of his f- more famous fans was napoleon bonaparte who uh, took his works on his campaigns in Egypt but also it was the start of like well not the start but it was it attracted a lot of fan fiction uh, obviously the ending's very depressing with Verta uh, committing suicide and uh, he had a lot of people who were like unhappy with the ending so they, they wrote their own versions or they wrote sat- satirical versions of it but interestingly as well the the story itself had such an impact on people that he had a lot of people copycat suicides mm. in the same way that, that sort of led to uh, lots of young men in Europe sniffing handkerchiefs and in their powdered wigs and then and then topping themselves in, in, in almost exactly the same way as, as Werther had and it was like a spate basically so he's, he's had a massive impact not just on German literature eminently quotable his works have some of the fantastic qu- quotes in them yeah I'm still thinking about soppy twats <laughs> <laughs> it's the most succinct description of that entire genre I love it I'm gonna get hate mail <laughs> I don't think I don't anyone listening to us is going to be that that driven to defend Goethe. You never know. There's, there's some serious Goethe fans out there, so we'll wait and see, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, Goethe's life and influence on German and European culture could serve as the bedrock for a vast series of podcast episodes. But we're readily aware this is not the show to do that. And if we're honest, we're probably not the guys to do it. Uh, so we will leave the birthday boy there, move on to topics that are more our lane. After all, as Nick said in his All Without Saying opening, es hört doch nur jeder, was er versteht. That is indeed a go-to quote, which translates to something like, everyone only hears what they understand. It's due time for normal decades from home service to resume. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm still sweating from the idea of talking about the literary culture of the uh, 18th and 19th century. Oh, you just call them a, a bunch of blackguarding wankers and be done with it. Like, two word synopses. Look at them poppers, spell ends. <laughs> oh, the Middle Ages. <laughs> Was ist dein Jugendwort 2021? Either you're a native German speaker and you're thinking, was zum Teufel? Or you're a native English speaker and you're thinking, excuse me? This indeed is the topic that's been in the press a lot about what is the, the youth word or youth, uh, if we want to be truly youthful, for 2021. And this is a vote that's open for the next two weeks. So you can still take part and choose your German youth word of the year. Jugendliche aus ganz Deutschland können bis zum 18. Oktober über das Jugendwort des Jahres abstimmen. Diese Wörter stehen zur Auswahl. Schisch, Wild, Digger, Sass, Cringe, Akkurat, Same, Papatastisch, Geringverdiener und Mittwoch. What I am thinking is just how incredible the news presenter was in that clip. To read out that yeah. list and not even let out a smirk 
is a feat of the greatest professionalism and self-control. So massive kudos to Susanna Daubner. You're a total pro. Amazing. Come on, if you don't know if you don't know Susanna Daubner by now, then we're, we're gonna be we're gonna be having problems. She's like an epic part of the culture. She's uh, when I saw that it was her doing it, I was like, mm. this is gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. So let's go through that list and see if we know what is what when it comes to the cool kids on the street. German I've never speech. felt so old in my entire life. <laughs> it's when you said youth that I was like, uh First up, sheesh. Two possibilities I can think of. <laughs> One, shisha, hooker, water pipe. Very popular here in Germany. <laughs> if it's not to do with smoking, I guess it could be the English word sheesh used to express disbelief or exasperation. Ooh, one of those is correct. I'm going to push you to choose one. Which would it be? Uh, shisha water pipe or sheesh panic? I'm going to go with panic because let's be honest, like don't the young kids just love a little, a little bit of the English vocabulary? This is indeed going to be a theme throughout this. So yeah, well spotted on the first one. Uh, say well done Nick you, 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 you're, you're well cool bruv <laughs> it's like the, the people have rediscovered a word that everyone knew about already she's just quite a, like a it's like a 50s word isn't it I assume it is for, it's from that era when it was at least made popular in a film and TV show very happy days that's exactly the thing I was going to say <laughs> sheesh fancy what are you doing <laughs> okay so number two we have the word Wild. Uh, W-I-L-D, so wild for us. What do you think? Well, wild as a noun is the German word for game, as in animals hunted for meat or for sport. Deer, rabbit, squirrels, astonishingly squirrels <laughs> and boars. So they're all game or wild. Wild could also be used as an adjective with a similar meaning to something being wild or unruly in English, but I'm going to guess... If I had to guess, it would be the second option again, maybe, or it could be, I don't know. Yeah, let's say it's the second option again. Oh, you are on a hot streak here, my friend. Uh, wild is what we would say, wild. So yeah, wie war dein Wochenende? Es war einfach wild. Yeah, wild, wild. I like wild. The worst sounds more fun. That's totally wild. And I've used the word wild quite a lot. You do actually use wild. It is part of your adjectives for because i'm good fucking times. cool simon it's because i'm a fucking down with the kids but you did just point out that this was a, a the previous one was a word brought back from the 50s i never said all the <laughs> so... kids were cool i'm just saying that some of us are cool okay next up we have a bit of a classic here on the streets and that is the word digger i've heard it a fair amount no? i actually don't know what it means in all honesty i have no idea what it means it feels like it's like uh, digger yeah you're a digger i guess <laughs> i don't know you dig things you enjoy them i don't know i have no idea what digger uh, means. do this mind digger all right so it's like like buddy yeah. mate okay exactly kumpel what's wrong with dude <laughs> like come on maybe they think it's too close to duden and that can't be cool like, <laughs> using the dictionary like nah duden nah nah duden but yeah you, you do bring up a valid point i mean we do have lots of really really cool words in english bra bruv brosif uh, just yeah. to name a few with br on the start has anyone ever said to you brosif yeah man california <laughs> <laughs> hey brosif what's going on but i feel like if i said brosif you would have to slap me i feel like it's a word that doesn't fit well in in my vernacular yo brosif like if i said yo i feel if like i said bro be... like that yeah, yeah. brosif brosif <laughs> 
I don't think go. I can. Joseph like Joseph. How about Brohim? Brohim? I'm fine with that. Like, okay. yeah, I'm I'm down with all this Southern California <laughs> surface style stuff. If you, I mean, if you do a, a rocking hand gesture alongside it, like devil horns, I think I think you're golden. It feels this feels very not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't think we're part of the demographic for this, but uh, some of our listeners will yeah. get a kick out of that. Hopefully, <laughs> that's oh, the plan. Sure. <laughs> Just the image alone. Okay, so it's safe to say we're not going to integrate Digger into our friendship. Number four. Sus. Any ideas? I, uh, oh, mm, okay. I mean, my, my punt on this one would be it comes from the English that means suspicious. That's totally sus. Is it used in America as well? Yeah, I think this is very much the TikTok generation that are sort of inclined to describe people or things as being sus. We do this in the UK as suspect. Um, or suspicious. Yeah, that's what I, thought, I was thinking. Yeah. Suspect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's proper sus. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine any British person using. I mean, not my mum. Mm. My mum's not going to describe something as being sus. Man, that guy was sus. It's it's easier to get the grips with sus than it is with like a word like dodgy. Because mm-hmm. then they'll be like doggy, doggy. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I mean, I'm sure there's some Germans saying sus instead. Yeah, it must, must happen. Yeah. Hey diggers, it's cool and youthful Nick here. Looks like these squares failed to notice that the word sus is actually a reference to the game Among Us, which became very popular during the pandemic. Sheesh. Luckily, I'm here to straighten things out. Later, bitches. You're doing so well, Nick. You are one of the coolest kids in Augsburg by the scenes of it. It's not that hard, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, the next one you're gonna definitely going to get because it is just an English word. Crunch. So what is cringe for the Germans who don't know what cringe is? When someone acts in an embarrassing or awkward way, makes you feel extremely ashamed or embarrassed. So I guess like schadenfreude, right? Well, I mean, schadenfreude is feeling the joy from seeing someone have a bad time, whereas cringe is the feeling embarrassed because someone else is yeah. doing something that's embarrassing. Well, what's the... what's the Fremdschämen. Fremdschämen, yeah, okay. So. Yeah, feeling embarrassed for strangers. But yeah, I mean, we use the word cringy in English, and something is cringe-worthy uh, if we're describing this feeling, but in German you just use cringe, and yeah, boy, that's for a cringe, man. But I feel like I feel like it's a word that's not, again, it's not in fashion, that much like don't you don't hear like people going awkward nineteen ninety five is calling yeah. awkward yeah to- <laughs> awkward cringe that's oh, so cringe I don't know I mean I don't hang around with a lot of young people so maybe I need to no I don't need to fix that <laughs> yeah well I mean if, if I really don't if want it to does do happen that. you're now like you've got five really good words nah digger was los das ist exasner cringe order if I start using words like cringe and digger and and sus then like I might as well just go the whole hog and go get a Camp David shirt and then dye my hair like blue and be one of them horrendous almost 40 year olds who thinks he's 21 you need to accept that you are becoming more and more German and this is this is your future Cam Cam David polo shirts (laughs) you called it fuck no man they're the most ugly looking pieces of shit like if you're gonna if you want to look like you own a boat buy some Heli Hansen (laughs) didn't buy Camp David if you're wearing Camp David if any of our listeners are wearing Camp David now take it off burn it do yourself a favour we we are waging a a single uh, single podcast war on Jack Wolfskin and Camp David it will not be tolerated <laughs> yeah both those brands get to fuck in my opinion although we will take free jackets <laughs> no i don't think i would even no. <laughs> no i wouldn't i'd take them so i could burn them and no one else oh, has to wear okay. them okay well that kind of leads <laughs> us on to number six which is accurate oh what could that mean oh this is a toughie oh can you give me a hint perhaps is it is it maybe accurate bingo fall accurate digger 
<laughs> did, did you just call me Digger? Uh, this this is going wrong. I've gone full youth. You made me research this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I feel like it was my idea, yeah. Next up, another easy one because it is an English word and you are English. Same. Yeah, well, that's pretty easy. I would say that is exactly the same word as it is in English. And we use it the same way as, as the youth in Germany do. Der youth, das youth, der youth, die youth. Nah, no matter. So man, I'm so tired, same. <laughs> I mean, it's bad English, but that's just youth flexing, I guess. I quite like it. I, I quite like it. I, we used this when I was young, and it is, it's a whole sentence in four letters. And I'm, I do quite enjoy that, that ability to be concise, because otherwise you have to say, yeah, I feel the same way. And it's like, oh, that kind of feels like you're butting into the conversation a little bit too much if somebody is going to continue talking. Uh, whereas, yeah, I, I, I was really busy on the weekend. Oh, same. And then they can move on with their story. I think that's... That's all right. So there we go. Application in action. Same. Edging closer to the end. Now we have number eight and the one that I had absolutely no idea of what it meant when I first heard it, which is papatastisch. I love saying papatastisch. It's a good feel. I intentionally, yeah. when we discussed this on WhatsApp, I intentionally didn't look up what papatastisch means and I've been desperate <laughs> to look it up. So this is my moment of truth, right? And, and you suggested this. I'm a dad. Ergo, a papa. Am I papatastic? I think you're papatastic. Oh, thank you, man. But is, is that what it means? Oh, uh, yeah. It, it means fantastic. It doesn't have anything to do with papas. I feel like I've been robbed. Well, I do have some more information for you just to take away that feeling of robbery because I had to Google this and I spelt it incorrectly and Google couldn't even auto-correct it at first. So that tells you how under the radar this word is. But once I'd done it correctly, Google revealed all. And apparently it comes from a streamer called Papa Platter, uh, which is a Twitch streamer. And it was used as like a joke in the chats when they were streaming. Someone would be like, oh, what you did there was Papatastish because you are Papa Platter. Uh, so yeah, there is some kind of logic, but Papa is not you. It's Papa Platter. I feel like every so often there's a moment in my life where I, um, I realise that I've disconnected myself from, from the culture. And, and this is the, it that, that Twitch streamers are now creating language that might may well go and end up in the dictionary <laughs> and i don't know if i feel good about that probably should do but uh, yeah okay twitch streamers are now changing the language it's better than mcdonald's changing the language i suppose but that is i mean it also opens the door that we could one day <laughs> affect some change which is, is, is kind of a nice little motivation there papatastish is a pretty good word it's i feel like it's going to be a long time before we come up with something as good as papatastish but well, i mean you've, you've already called goethe a soppy twat <laughs> so <I think> that's... <laughs> you're never gonna let me live that one down are you i i, I want merch <laughs> I think we'd get we'd get kicked off Etsy pretty quickly if we sold t-shirts saying soppy twats. Or we'd get sued by, um, what's the name of that female rapper with the WAP? Cardi B. The WAP. Cardi B, yeah. Soppy twats <laughs> is basically the British translation of wet ass pussy. I feel like it isn't, but uh, yeah. <laughs> soppy twats. What are you going to do? Okay. Uh, penultimate one here. Geringverdiener. It's a weird one. It's minimum wage earner in German. So like, what the hell is mm. that all about? Yeah, it doesn't sound too good when you like translate it into another language. According to the website for the Vote for the Youth Word of the Year, they say it is a joking term for a loser. Ah, oh, fuck off. Like, honestly, fuck that shit. Yeah. F fuck whoever ch voted for that and fuck anyone who thinks it's okay. We come from a country that's riddled with classism. The last thing we need is another fucking country that we live in to be like, oh, you earn the minimum wage, you loser. You know what? Fuck those guys. <laughs> oh, 
Honestly, that's disgusting. It is a really, really horrible capitalist insult. Yeah. Well, it's just, you can tell it's like middle class fucking Adidas shirt wearing fucking expensive hat carrying fucking bellends, you know? Wait a sec. I'm wearing an Adidas shirt and an expensive hat. Wait. <laughs> but we already know I think you're a bellend. It's fine. No, but like you see these like kids knocking around and they all sort of, it's mummy and daddy bought me all these clothes. Go fuck yourselves. I have no time for that shit. Jumpers over the shoulder and all that crap. Driving daddy's Mercedes. Yeah, fuck that crap. I find that really, really just, ugh. Anyone who votes for that yeah. is a dick in my book. No, ar- no arguments here. <laughs> uh, it is the most abusive word on that list by quite a long margin. And as you say, should be fucking embarrassed. That's the youth. So we'll move on to the final one. You've done so well, but here is the final one. And the final one is Mittwoch. Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The final option is the word Wednesday. Well done. You got that right. Not a bad effort. What the fuck does it mean? I'm sure you're asking. Yeah, I've I've seen this about on Reddit, and I think I've seen it a bit on Twitter, and it's something to do with like, is it like Essist Mitvok or something like that? I don't know. I've not looked up. I've not gone on like Know Your Meme or anything, so I don't really well, know what the background behind it is. I had to. <laughs> oh God! Thank God you've done the work for like, me. I don't really. I'm, yeah, neither of us are really the applicable age for meme culture and we do have to look these things up every now and again so yeah i had to do that today for the podcast Mm. um so this as nick said is a meme uh, Mm -hmm. and it is a frog and above the frog it will say it is wednesday my dudes or it can be translated into german Mm -hmm. as nick said Uh, and this comes from a youtube video that was about six seconds long and it was a guy in hat and goggles who came on and said it's wednesday dudes and then he screamed and it sounded a bit like a frog and then the clip ended and those six seconds form the foundation of this meme that has now gone so far in german culture that has now led to mitvoch being nominated for youth word of the year germans fucking love frogs though don't they like it's a motif you see over and over mm-hmm. again the frog prince the Froschkönig, yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's like er- like everywhere like anytime you go shopping there's you'll find like garden ornaments that look like mm-hmm. we've talked about the the frog that does the meditation that you can buy in chivo like frog motifs germans fucking love that shit and i really i can't quite understand why but i, I don't really understand it either but it does allow me to ask you if you know the german word for tadpole it's one of my favourite words in the whole of the German language. I don't, but I'm looking forward to you telling me what it is. <laughs> Karl Krappen. Karl Krappen. Krappen or the Klappen? Krappen. 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 I feel like I'm not going to be able to say that word. Well, that was uh, thoroughly weird. And, and I'm torn <laughs> if that is the best or worst possible way to follow on from talking about Goethe. What do you think? <laughs> this is a pretty weird move. <laughs> it, was, it was. I felt like it was a sideways move, but I mean, it's well within our wheelhouse. Happy birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday, Goethe! Let's talk about some weird words <laughs> that you definitely would not like, or maybe you would. I don't know. Goethe's pretty open. I think he'd be up for it. I think modern. If Goethe was brought back today, he'd be like, I, I find it interesting how the youth have adapted our language. I guess the only way to end this is to ask what your vote would be for Simon. Oh. It's, it's, it's challenging it really is I mean I don't yeah, like yeah. a lot of them Wild I quite like that I'm going for Papatastisch I like saying it Papatastisch so. That's the one I'm it's going for It's the most for. fun to and say just remember yeah. if you vote for Goring v- Vidina you're a bellend <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
What is clearer and clearer is that English is forming a pretty serious part of what is going to be the next wave of modern German. Kids are exposed to English in their music, their games, their TV and film, and above all, the internet. Statista claims that a tiny 2% of the internet is in German. Therefore, to be a truly savvy internet user, you're going to have to have some solid English to get the most out of it. I've spouted off many a time over my years of teaching English that one of the things I love most about English is that it's very much alive. It changes, grows and adapts to new waves in a way that's the bane of some other languages. German language devotees can find themselves all aflutter when they see modernism creep into the Duden or even get close to getting into Duden. A not insignificant number of people will get a dash riled when English words are used instead of an existing German one. Even I have fallen prey into this emotion. I have mentioned Café to go before, uh, a bewildering mishmash of the two languages. Coffee to go? I can live with that, that's totally fine. But, and Café zu mitnehmen, finde ich auch toll. Together, fuck off, that's awful. <laughs> Café to go. And you have people who don't know yeah. that it's to go, so they're... Yeah, I'm cafe tall goal bitter madness. Anyway, to contrast the previous section on the new youth German word of the year, we thought it might be interesting to look at some of the more old-fashioned swear words that have fallen out of usage and might find a new home in the next wave of modern German. Mm, indeed, indeed. Etymology, the history of a word or phrase shown by tracing its development of relationships, has always been fascinating to me. And it even has one place where it's embraced on an almost daily basis on British TV. The 7,000 plus episode mainstay Countdown. Countdown is actually older than both of us. Premiered in 1982. They have an in-house lexicographer called Susie Dent, who is definitely well worth a follow on Twitter if you're interested in etymology and, and language as a whole. I think it's worth explaining what Countdown is because it is a particularly bizarre... Like, I find it a really weird concept. What time's it on? Like, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, daytime, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's it's properly student student TV. I remember as a student, like, all my housemates watched it and mm -hmm. played along at the same time. And it's essentially a mix of word games and high-level mathematics. No, it's not high-level mathematics, really. It's... Oh yeah! Look, I, I failed maths twice, so yeah, <laughs> okay. it's for me. This is the <laughs> highest level we'll ever see. Level. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, two plus two is <laughs> get select letters by vowel or consonant, and then you've got to make up a word with the letters you're given, and the word, the person with the most letters used gets the points, and then you have like a maths quiz where you get a number, and then you have to work out what combination of of equation or or maths would, would lead to that number. I I found it an intensely annoying game. <laughs> Like all my ultimates would play it and I'd be like, oh, ugh, this is horrendous. Do we have to watch this? But um, it's iconic. It's massively iconic. It really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be a very frustrating thing. You're absolutely right. There is a lot of pressure. Every round is 30 seconds and a ticking clock. And yeah, if you are someone that struggles with mental arithmetic, it, it can be a, a nice daily reminder of that fact. And yeah, that's not much fun for anyone. Um, but it is, it's, it's an iconic show that a lot of people do watch and enjoy. I mentioned Susie Dent not only due to her impressive knowledge, but it's also an opportunity to pay our respects to one of her colleagues who recently passed. As well as traditional countdown, there's also a comedy version of the show called 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Love it. Sadly, one of the team captains on the show, the irrepressible Sean Locke, passed last week. A hugely sad day for British comedy, losing one of the greatest British comics of the modern age. Thanks for all the laughs, Sean. You'll be sorely missed. I was quite surprised by the out... Well, I mean, surprised in a positive way about the outpouring of emotion because Britain, obviously... I mean, it's not 
unlike Germany to be sort of saddened by the passing of a TV favourite. But comedians hold a particular status within British society. But Sean Locke was just, he was excellent. He was just fantastic. And it's mm. been actually quite quite nice to watch all the best bits of his of his work. So if you're if you're a German listener who has no idea who Sean, Sean Locke is, you lucky bastard, because you're going to find some yeah. really really hilarious stuff. Look up look him up on uh, YouTube or or try and find some of the stuff he's done on uh, Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown because it's it's some of the funniest stuff I've seen in a long time. Yeah, sure. And yeah, it it was really sad. And yeah, I'm I'm still very bummed out about it, and it's a huge loss. So yeah, thanks for all the laughs. Indeed, indeed. So, without further ado, here are some suggestions for some old-school English words which could do with being resurrected in English and then slowly integrated into German. So I'll start <laughs> with the first one. Bloviator. <laughs> How much fun is that? Bloviator. Bloviator, which is a 19th century word. A speaker of empty rhetoric and blower of hot air. Someone who talks a lot but says very little. Sounds like someone I know. Hmm. His name is <laughs> rhymes with Piccolus. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was thinking of Horace Bonchen. Uh, <laughs> Horace Bonchen. <laughs> that's such a better name. I wish he was called Horace Bonchen. Uh, yeah, that's what we're going to refer to him now from now on. <laughs> I mean, this is the way that government is, is conducting business these days in the UK. It's not only in the UK. I mean, the elections are coming thick and fast here in Germany. And I think out of all the uh, the current nominees, Herr Laschet uh, is a pretty good match for Bloviator. There's, a, there's three or four of these words that might match uh, Mr. Laschet's approach to politics, but we'll see, won't we? Yeah, there's quite a few negative words here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I don't have to do number two, so I'm going to hand over to Simon to say number two because I don't think I can pronounce it. If I can get through this without saying bitch, I'm I'm really proud of myself. Labitulate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, very good. What does labitulate mean? So labitulate is to hide oneself in a corner in an attempt to avoid reality. I mean, if that's not a useful word for the last 18 months, I don't know what is. How, how was the last year and a half? I labituated the fuck out of it. <laughs> I'm currently labitulating. That sounds so filthy when you put it in the continuous form. Mm, uh, labituating. Too close to lactating for, for some reason in, in my ear. <laughs> yeah, if I start doing that, we're going to have to ask some questions and perhaps seek medical advice. Number three, pinch fart. It's a 16th century word. A miser, one who withholds money to the detriment of others. Hmm. I like it. You're a massive pinch fart. More farts. Don't worry. Moving on. More farts. Catch farts nice. uh, is a 17th century word. And it means one who slavishly follows behind their boss and who blows with the political wind. Uh, anyone pop into mind there? Well, what's the name of that little squeaky kid who's in the CDU? Mm -hmm. who, um, he looks he looks like a, a catch fart. Philip Amtor, who is... <laughs> uh, I mean, if you looked at him, he's the kind of person you definitely don't want to invite to your party. He looks like the kind of guy who would uh, bring the cheapest beer and drink all your expensive beers and then tell you that he's the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. But in actual fact, he's a catch he's fart. He's a catch fart and a bloviator who would do best to labitulate himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he spends a lot of time lobitulating in the dark. <laughs> uh, you gotta ask questions. Anyway, <laughs> I think that might be liable. So I hope not. It, it was satirical. Yeah, I promise. This is all satire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so number five, this one definitely sounds like a sexual act. Philodox, 
one who is in love with their own opinion and who consequently believes that everyone else should share it. Again, it just feels like every politician in the current moment is a philo doc. Yeah, we're lucky to live in such promising times for public service. <laughs> and of course, this leads to a nice usage for the next one. Number six is breed bait. Uh, which is <laughs> yeah sounds really wrong it's actually quite a useful word from the 16th century which means one who is always looking for an argument uh, so hello twitter you bunch of breed baiters yeah yeah stop breed baiting each other <laughs> come on be nice behave okay number seven unasinous 17th century word united in stupidity um do you ever get the feeling that that might be about us <laughs> moving on number eight flapdoodler 19th century a speaker of nonsense a deliverer of twaddle and flimflam i mean this yeah this is getting personal now isn't it i feel like that should be in our tagline flapdoodlers <laughs> extraordinaire <laughs> number nine quisquilius mm, nailed that well done <laughs> 17th century worthless or trivial an obscure way to describe something as rubbish is quisquilius okay this has gone on long enough you're basically written a list of words describing our podcasts. Number 10 is Puckfist. <laughs> be careful. Be careful with Puckfist. Puckfist. 17th century word means a blustering boaster or braggart. Right, enough of this. You and me, outside now. For as long as I've been training and coaching English, I've been keeping numerous lists of interesting words I hear. Sometimes it's a colloquial phrase in German that made me laugh, or other times it's a word or two that I want to learn. By far the biggest is my ever-increasing list of what Germans would categorise as bullshit bingo. These are words that the people I work with hear in their offices and either find totally meaningless or they don't really understand. Most of the time, these are simply English buzzwords or management speak. It's quite common to hear full German sentences dotted with an occasional sustainability, impact, or low-hanging fruit. My German colleagues have their own lists, and some will flip to the back of their notebooks in a meeting to check off the word in an act of defiant passive aggression. English loanwords are nothing new to German. There are plenty to find out in the wild. Many people know that handy is German for mobile phone, or showmaster is the word used for a game show host. These words are fully adopted everyday German words, something that are distinctive from everyday Denglish, which is, yeah, the misused English words in German that might be heard on radio, TV, or found in advertising campaigns. Obviously, handy at one point was Denglish, but over time it's become the accepted part of the German lexicon, to the point that it isn't even worth pointing out that handy in English really refers to something that's useful or convenient. The meaning of this word has been imbued with meaning by German speakers and is now German, rather than a bastardization of English. I think that's really important. I think there's a lot of words that people say are Denglish, but are actually just now German words. There's loads mm. There's loads of these. Like uh, Photo shooting is quite funny as a concept when you see free shooting on a sign for a photo <laughs> studio. But like that's just the German. It's just like it's a loan word. It's now part of like Schadenfreude. Like no one's stroking their chin, going, "Oh, look at this German word." Oh, uh, like it's just part of the English lexicon. We don't have a word for that concept, so we use that. Or doppelganger. Mm. I mean, rucksack. For God's sake, rucksack is a German loan word, but no one's getting sort of excited about it. It's just part of the the language now. So. I do think it's important that you identify stuff that is, yeah, okay, it's Denglish that's misused. Um, I got a great one the other day, actually, from,
on from someone on Twitter. Uh, they sent me a, and it was it's for uh, some like two factor authentic authentication device, mm-hmm. and the tagline is "shit not happens." So instead of "shit happens," "shit not happens," and it's appalling. <laughs> it's appalling, but you know that's <laughs> that's kind of where we are, where we're at. That would I would say is probably Denglish rather than any kind of German version or German variant. Yeah, there's no way to make that work. Nope. There's no comma. It's <laughs> gonna make shit not happens mm-hmm. uh, make any sense no that being said there's still plenty of misused english words in german looking at my list here are a couple of the most egregious upgedated <laughs> to update i i've used this more than once in the last few weeks and i feel dirty every time get reviewed reviewed get reviewed get bugged to debug Ugh. late bird to be late for something i just late oh, bird no, makes me feel no. like just oh ugh, yuck. For my colleagues, these words are less than pointless. For them, this type of language is meaningless because German either already has words for these concepts or the English would be sufficient. The only real reason that someone might use them is to show off in front of others or to sound important. Rather than showing a person as worldly and cultured, this language use or rather misuse is detrimental to the speaker. This of course creates problems when the people using these words are supposed to be leading teams and departments. It's perfectly possible that any of these words might suddenly be adopted into the German lexicon, just like the word handy. How Germans feel about these words and phrases can differ, but if an English word becomes popular enough, it will be welcomed into the Duden, the German dictionary. This eventuality is never guaranteed, and unsurprisingly, there are groups in Germany who find the increasing adoption of English words as a worrying trend. As an English native speaker, I see Denglish in a slightly different light. As odd as they might sound scattered among German language structures, English-ish words can be a source of comfort. Little English islands in a sea of complex German pronunciation. However, my personal perspective is not shared by many in the English-speaking community of Germany. One word in particular seems to be the subject of the most opprobrium. Mm. Shitstorm. I mean, shitstorm is one of the most favoured words of journalists and politicians alike. Angela Merkel, of course, the outgoing Chancellor of Germany, is fond of using the word to describe a serious political debacle. And any utterance of the term is met with equal measures of laughter and scorn in the English-speaking word. For those outside Germany, Merkel's use of shitstorm could be seen as straight-talking. How often does a head of state swear during a press conference? Ooh, brave. (laughs) For those English speakers inside Germany, there's a sizable contingent that see it as symptomatic of German misuse of English, especially with regards to swear words. Yeah, swearing is a strange part of language, as anyone who has attempted to learn another language will attest. As we prepared this podcast, I thought about how many actual English swear words I'd feel comfortable saying, which is all of them. I have no problem saying any swear words. The answer generally is, in polite conversation, is not that many. But of course, with Simon, nothing is ever that polite. The reason I, the reason I might have this issue could be as simple as the level of emotional connection I have with certain words. English swear words are layered with emotion and context, whereas German swear words have very little connection for me. I can use them more freely simply because I feel disconnected to them. I could list all the German swear words I know and some really horrible ones at that, but like I don't have any feeling for it at all. And mm. I think the, this emotional connection is critical to the use of shitstorm, as it is with other English language swear words such as fuck. My compatriots in the English-speaking community of Germany will often complain bitterly that Germans are far too free to use English swear words, especially in places they shouldn't be found, such as in front of children. I understand this feeling, although I'm less inclined to upbraid Germans who choose to do so. As a study of emotional connection to language suggests, and this is a quote, 
the results of a web questionnaire for bilinguals on expressing emotions in their second language, L2, notices that words connected with emotions may be considered disembodied. In L2, whereas in the first language, which would be considered L1, they seem natural, even if they are considered taboo expressions, terms of endearment or swear words. I mean, this is something that we've mm. both seen in real life. It's, it's a, it can be a very problematic thing, especially in, let's say, a pub mm. environment. You can be talking to someone who's using English as a second language. They get comfortable with you and then they start using language that borders on abrasive and offensive and what they're trying to do is demonstrate that they have gained an understanding of our mm -hmm. culture and the language as we use it but it comes across wrong because the tone is mm -hmm. slightly off the application is slightly wrong it becomes galling there have been a couple of arguments about this <laughs> for sure yeah yeah definitely definitely i've seen i've been involved with them and i've seen them but i think for me i'm always wary of policing language and i think often that's because in britain at least it's it's generally it's generally class-based mm. there's like a classism to the language we use and and so instinctively I'm, I'm i'm not inclined to have a go at anyone for for misusing certain words or or certain things i think though when when a swear word is directed at you rather mm. than as a descriptor it becomes a different discussion like if somebody drops a c-bomb into a conversation in a pub i don't really see much of a problem it's not particularly how i would use it although i remember a few weekends ago having drank quite a lot and using that word more freely than i've ever done in my entire life so i've got to be careful about my position on that but this is the problem that a lot of these words they can be used as a form of attack and being called mm. something abusive is only welcome from people that you are close to and care about. We've spoken about that at great lengths before. You could call me whatever you liked and I'd be totally fine with it. But yeah, mm -hmm. someone who I only know a little bit calling me some of those words, there's going to be uh, a vibe of confrontation. And you do also have the major problem that occasionally if you do bring someone up on a word they've used, they'll go, but I saw it used this way in this film. Uh, or mm -hmm. I, I know that this is applicable use. And they get a little defensive mm. because, yeah, they they have spent the time to learn how to use these words. But as I say, it's, it's one degree off and it just comes across badly. Nick's absolutely right. Neither of us swear a lot in German. And if I am going to swear in German or whilst I'm speaking German, I'll normally throw in an English swear word because then I know I'm getting it right. Yeah, exactly. Choice of swear words is slightly mm. different. The lack of emotional connection to shitstorm is one factor, but it's also the case that shit or scheiser has a different use in German. Listening to my German family sitting around the dinner table, the word is used liberally to describe things, to make a point, or simply as an exclamation of dissatisfaction. In the larger context of German communication, the word can be heard in all manner of unexpected situations. I've heard it uttered by nurses and doctors, uh, in the bakery, by teachers, by children, standing waiting in a queue, and even in church. Scheiser is the multi-purpose word, and I have yet to hear anyone seriously complain complain about it except for british immigrants to germany who seem to get very animated about the concept of shit <laughs> like you shouldn't say it i do find it a little bit weird where my nieces and nephews have used scheisse mm -hmm. because i am translating it and then it's like imagining my my english nephews and nieces saying shit which is different that translation causes problems there so yeah but i swear in front of my daughter and, and i don't really care i understand people getting a bit uptight about their kids hearing swear words but my, my position is generally that you if you're raising your kids that you're kind of exposing them to the real world a little bit mm -hmm. i think these are words that people use and i don't want to give them hang-ups about 
the language that they use only that they use the language as correctly as possible i just find language the language police are everywhere the grammar police are everywhere there's always someone going Arr. i got in fact i got an email from someone this week about the fact that i don't use enough semicolons and as much as i appreciate the feedback and the email was very polite there's still part <laughs> of me that's going like oh like come on give it a break right but i mean it's uh, that's just a part of me so there's a there's a there's a like a battle going on inside me about as much as i want that feedback the other side of me is like god does, does everyone have mm. to be the language police yeah i mean we've already said that english is alive and it develops and progresses as as, as the years go by so yeah i'm not very precious uh, when it comes to that but if someone's creating my german i'm uh, i still think leave me alone but i'm more aware that i will have made a mistake without realizing whereas yeah a lot of my english mistakes are, are conscious ones because i don't care about semicolons yeah, yeah. i just don't <laughs> I, f I feel like i probably should now but and but uh, the other side of it is like with words like like it, i wouldn't want my daughter liberally using the c word right but fucking shit like bastard i don't care i mean like like honestly i, I don't feel like I don't feel like that's really that bad. And I think there's like a, a hypersensitivity about it because I think for a lot of English, native English speakers in Germany, it's like, this is this is ours and you're mm. using it wrong and we're going to tell you how to do this. Germans shouldn't speak English in this way. From my perspective, same as yours, tone of voice is the key. And mm. who are we directing it at? But the actual use of it, like shitstorm on the front of a newspaper. Oh no, oh, they used a rude word on the front of a newspaper. Like who cares? Like, come on, get a grip. Like, it's not that bad. Somebody said fuck at the play park. Oh no, oh God, <laughs> you know, like that's the end of the world, that is. How about you communicate with your kids? And okay, if my, in fact, if my kid says shit or fuck in a place that's inappropriate, teachable moment, you know, like I'm not gonna feel embarrassed about it. And I really do not give a, a, a rat's ass about other parents and their opinions. So ultimately it, it just seems a little bit, it, it's a little bit overprotective or a little bit gatekeepy, you know? Mm. Like you can't, you not using it right, and I'm going to tell you how to use it right. Nah, I don't have any truck with that, to be perfectly honest. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a load of fucking nonsense. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> so since English has become a global language, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to find it being used and abused around the world. It's the nature of things. The question is, how much ownership does an English speaker have over their native language? We would both say very little, mm -hmm. especially once an English term has been fully adopted. English words will always have an attraction in Germany, if only because they're so much part of everyday life online and in entertainment. Whether shitstorm is correct in English or not is no longer relevant. It's become German, and der shitstorm is unlikely to disappear anytime soon, Digger. Hope Digger disappears soon. <laughs> Hello to Zaman. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for listening. A couple of thank yous to make. Thanks to Al, Just a Kid 4, Karen, and Maurizio for their retweets. And thanks to everyone else for sharing the pod and getting our dulcet tones into the ears of more and more listeners. If you'd like to support the show and gain yourself a shout out on the podcast, retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, all lowercase, on Twitter or Instagram. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Simon on at Decades From Home, and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on 40%German at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks and bis zum nächsten Mal. Tschüss!
for today it's Goethe's party and all the blues have his name on. Oh yeah, Goethe. Go- <laughs> Goethe's not only in a different place. Go- yeah, you're having paint trauma. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Goethe was an utter polymath. 